it'll be helpful if you don't refer to the time because it's really nobody's fault. It is nobody's fault. It's the mic's fault. So, thank you. Cut the mic off. Okay, so we're sponsored by Presidente today. Today. Five, four, three, two, it's already recording. Welcome to the Rick H Show. I'm your host, Rick H. Today I'm joined by my brother, Benny Banks. Yo, it's me, Benny B. I'm in the building. And I'm also joined by my other brother, Craze Books, actually. Uh, I'm also in the building. <laughs> <laughs> two people in the I'm building. I'm saying we were in the building. He two is. people in the building. The, so that, that's, he's in the building it. as well. I'm in the building as well. Occupancy well. maxes two. Two. It's just two. two of us in the building. So me and Lou need to leave. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in another building. <laughs> and we are coming to you from the monkey room. Today's guest on our show is the founder of LunosGood.com and Black Boy Rise. One of my childhood best friends. We've been to many schools together. School, of, he, school of Hard Knocks. He actually introduced me to my wife, who's in the audience back what? there. Somewhere. But then you know, wow. they have a gift here, but so he, he caught the uh, what do you call it? the garter belt at my wedding as well. You did? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Luis Alejandro, also known in Washington Heights as Big Lou. So the biggest of Lou's. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Is there a smaller dude? Okay, okay. <laughs> there is no. <coughs> so is no it, doesn't bigger ma- it doesn't matter. He's the biggest. Yeah. He's the biggest of loose. Even if there With are the other loose, he's the biggest one. Biggest of loose. Actually, crazy real name is Lou also. The largest yeah. of loose. So. Don't call me little Lou. <laughs> Medium, mid, mid-sized Lou. Medium Lou. He's a mid-sized Lou. Smaller Lou. So he's a sedan Lou. For those who don't know you, let us know. You're regular Lou? He's not Lou. He's not Lou. Like, he's not Lou. So no medium. No size. If he's big. There doesn't need to be a medium. If he's the big one. Can you be extra I'm just medium Lou. Lou? No, I'm just Lou. Just oh, Lou. No, you're not Lou. Okay. You're not Lou at all. One day we need to episode with, uh, we'll do an episode with us and Max. I think that would be interesting. Well, Max is here. Well, Max. I'm Max sitting right there. He's just like. Let me just get a shout out of Max picture. real quick. But Max, Max is here. Max, we love you, bro. He didn't want to be in the camera. He didn't want to be on the camera. So he's still here. He's spirit. We're showing him. So, for those for for those who don't know you in Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and our camera, who is Luis Alejandro? First of all, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What kind of family life did you live? That's a lot of questions. everything. Yeah, too many. What's questions. your pants size? Before we do that, what's wait. your underwear size? Before we do that, I what's your shirt size? So, wait, isn't before, that we do that, before we do that, big ups to uh, the mayor, the mayor, DP. the mayor. DP. Um, DP. I know he had a show already. He was on so, our season finale. Why so that that's dope. So I got, I got, I got oh. Let's go. Oh, oh shit! Wait, wait. Let's, let's on the show. Oh, what is that? Who knows good? Do good. Do good better. Do good it's better. Oh shit! Who knows good? So let me just put that. Oh, put that shirt on, man. So, so while I'm putting, the if you don't shirt like on, it, you hate it. Oh, and it says, oh, to do. Yeah, do this something is this crazy. Is like, this is from the finest cottons. This was designed this by, one of, by one of my main guys. Is this Egyptian? Lucian, that's from Egypt. I hallucinated. Um, <laughs> wow. do, his model is do something crazy. Mine is do good better. So do so, something crazy. What are so the sleeves that. made so of? Oh, hallucinated. I hallucinated. Right mm. so, uh, that's like an Egyptian cotton. Egyptian cotton? Yeah, so, it's like a mixture of like an Under Armour blend. Oh, shit. Slash oh, only like, the finest uh, threads. Like lingerie. Oh, shit. <laughs> So what you're I'm saying, like, you could cut this up and turn it into underwear. Yeah. Ooh, so only oh, the shit. finest threads. 
for what uh, I was hoping is that he would wear it as a bata. This would wow. be good as, I mean, wow. good as a thong for real. I mean, it looks you good. See, I you, love it. Now you appreciate it. I just thought it. So you said lingerie. You can sleep naked with that. That's what he's trying to say. Probably. That's what I'm trying to say. But uh. Your wife would like appreciate it. that, right, Jess? I don't I feel know. Like we're she, a yo, no, she would. She would. It's, <laughs> it's, it's see-through. I, I was trying to introduce you, but now we're going into, like... <laughs> so, alright, so, so... Where I grew up. Where'd you grow up? Uptown. So, Uptown, geographically, 135th all the way up north and into the Bronx. Um, I was born on 175th Street and Amsterdam Ave, Hot 5th. Um, spent some time in the Bronx, out in Soundview, and then the last 20-something years, um, Uptown and Inwood and Dykeman's on 207th Street. So, I rep Uptown all day, every day. Uptown. Uptown. And there's an Uptown everywhere, you feel me? Like, you go to Baltimore, yeah. you go to Philly, you know, you go, you go anywhere, there's an Uptown, and don't, there's a certain vibe. Don't go Uptown in Atlanta. But why, they uh, what's why? what's going up uptown in Atlanta? Atlanta just don't go up there. All right, no, we have some people there. that view the show from Atlanta. I'm not just going up there. Yeah, I'm not going up there. Okay. No, it's nice they, oh, it's nice. It's nice. Oh, then I'm going up there. <coughs> so you grew up uptown. Yeah. Uh, like, how was the family dynamic like? How was it? Where'd you go to school? What lessons did you learn early on as a young man? Who made these questions up? Because you know all this stuff. <laughs> what was your GPA? I mean, I know all this stuff. <laughs> Who was your guidance count? No, I know all this stuff, but the uh, audience motivated so you to do what you want I would to love do. to. I would love for you. Gotcha. Where'd you grow up? How'd that Got help you? Okay. What? Let's do one at a time. Okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, give us your 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 like, so my family, family background. Yes. My yes. family background. Yes. Um, second generation Dominican immigrants out here. My mom came at a really young age mm. from DR. Had my older brother Eddie, at Eddie Davis. Which, get. It's Eddie. Wow. It's Eddie. Drunk, which huh? which uh, what part of DR is your mom from? Um, so it's an interesting story, right? So my family's from DR, right? And most of my dad's family are still in DR, uh, but my mom's family had an interesting journey. Um, when my grandmother was really young, she used to she would. She used to work for a family from Curaçao, okay. right? So the island Curaçao. If you know where Aruba is, yeah. then there's Aruba, there's okay. there's Bonaire, there's Curaçao, the ABC Islands, and it's it's off the coast of Venezuela, right? right? Okay. I mean, I regret saying that because that's like my like my favorite hiding place, but now the whole world knows you about know? it. Yeah. Great. Um, right. So that's so, what we're gonna find you. So what, what happened is when she was young, the family did a you know like made a proposition like yo listen. Come live with us, and we'll bring your whole family. Yeah. So, so my grandmother took my mom, her younger siblings, and they moved to Curacao. So, for me, the land that I actually connect with a lot, like the t- the physical land, is in Curacao. More than uh, Dominican Republic. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. I mean, I've been to I've been to DR mad times, and I love DR. And I did the whole, bro. I've I've went from from north to west to east to south, all the directions of DR. Yeah. But the land that I feel like connected to. Is Curacao even in in its word right? Is 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 the word of Cura to heal right? So yeah. it feels like it's been a really healing place. So where specifically in Curacao is your? Like, I mean, I don't want to get too much detail away. You know, dress, I don't uh, want people to look up your grandma. But yeah. you know her. If you go there, you know who my grandma is. You just ask for her name. You so, just ask her for her. <laughs> she got her name on the street. Oh shit! Where where, where on the street? Is it? <laughs> like they wrote it on the sidewalk. Like. <laughs> Like in the air, oh, the okay. like if you listen to the streets, you hear her name. So if you call her name when you're around, she's gonna pop up, or somebody's gonna be no. like, "Yo, she's over there." 
That's um Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds like. So what about your dad? Like what part of DR? Is La Capital. Um, oh, right now gosh. his family's in Alma Rosa. Ooh. Right, so Capitaleño. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, los Alcarrizos. But you're also a piece Cuban, right? Somewhere in there, there's a little so, Cuban in my there. My ancestry DNA, right? Yes. Yo, my gr- yo. I- See, I did mine. I did mine. you did, did your research, research on me. Yeah, you did wow. research on me. <coughs> yeah, so my grandfather from my mother's side is Cuban, Papito. If you have seen him, let me know. <laughs> We're trying to reconnect him with my mom. You know. All right, that's perfect. Shout out Papito. Papito, uh, he's here. He owns like wanna... a truck service. I don't know, Papito. Oh, he, know he owns a truck service. Papito's truck Wait, service in Cuba. In Cuba, maybe. Okay. I don't oh, know. Shit. So let's we'll find that. We'll track him down. We'll you know, it would be great if we sh- if we shoot an episode in Cuba. So, no. right. well, that's that's. I mean, version two. We we can make that happen. Right. So, that. what's it like growing up town? Like, and we'll watch that. Oh, Tom, man, is a um. I don't think well, any insight. There's actually two versions because now it's completely different from what it was when we were growing up. Very so. different. Hmm. Um, I think that I think that there's a specific uptown culture. Okay. You get me. I think there's this blend, this like amalgamation of of uh, being Latino, Latinx, right? Also mm-hmm. being American, right? Also like being yeah. an immigrant, but also like being a New Yorker, right? So it's like True. all these mixes um, that create the uptown culture. So it's beautiful, right? Like I go out in the streets and, and anything that I need and I want is out. Yeah. Right? At all times of day. Right? Especially it, being from Washington Heights. That's true. Especially being yeah. from Washington Heights. That's like a Heights, unique right? like uptown experience. I feel, I feel like that's it's yeah. very unique, right? So yeah. you see you see people and you experience people from all walks. But yes. you also like experience your own people, right? Like it's it's also very community based. Like people know each other, right? La Vecina is right. like usually looking out the window Always. but also gossiping and talking exactly. shit about you. You know, like <laughs> you know that type of culture? Exactly. Right, where like people are looking after you. And also, like, they're Talking really... Talking shit about you behind your back. In a way. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But some people. Did you grow up where, like, a neighbor would also give you some advice? Or, of like, course. Or, or, or tell you, mira, no haga eso, es malo. You know, the, the thing is that um, my mother worked really hard yeah. for me not to be, like, hanging out in the street a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so even though, like, I've been in the community for, for, like, really, really long time, I was never necessarily, like... Going into other people's cribs, you know, like how like you would live in a yeah, building yeah. and like you go to like go to other your boys' cribs or whatever cases. Yeah. That wasn't the case, and I think education-wise, I was always like traveling. You feel me? So it would be school and then straight home. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you spoke about education. What elementary school did you go to? The same one you went to. <laughs> For video purposes, please. Incarnation. 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 School. I followed that trajectory. You know, like the, the yeah. like Catholic schoolboy trajectory. I went yeah. to Saint Rose. Okay. Got Ooh. kicked out of there. Good. Went to Incarnation. Okay. Didn't get, get kicked out of there. Went to All Hallows. Almost got kicked out. Of there. <laughs> and then went to Saint John's. Saint almost John's. kicked myself out of there. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole. So what you get out of Incarnation? I haven't been to church in a while too. What? <laughs> Actually, I did go recently. I did go recently. What'd you get out of like incarnation for your age, like where you were at seventh, eighth grade, sixth, fifth grade? I think what I got from um, going to incarnation, yeah, at incarnation school NYC, they got a like IG. They got a little IG in the website too. Yeah. Um, I felt and I experienced what school can look like um, as a community. Okay. Right, like it felt like an actual community. Like teachers were really engaged in your life. Sometimes, like too much. You got me. Like sometimes, like too much. Like 
why do you have my mom's like phone number and you're, like calling her like that way um and that i feel like at that point it was annoying and irritating and not yeah. something that i wanted for myself as a kid but looking at it in hindsight and the work that i do around educational equity it was like wow i actually got to experience what community looks like inside of a school setting right like what what it feels like to be in a school that actually cares yeah you know what no, I mean? that's interesting because yeah. right? i like a public school kid and not like so my brother went to incarnation as well up to a certain point and then he ended up going to public yeah. school afterwards so he ended up what seeing grade? both sides i went into third grade incarnation oh. yeah. yeah and then i switched to ps 115 hey yeah. shout out ps 115 it was this different, bro. Told me that. <laughs> was there someone in incarnation that like you felt you got something out of and like 100 percent, man who's that you know you know this didn't you no this is I, good it's like this? the hot wings like they I know just, shit about you i yeah. just i just want to know like, i'm asking i'm asking I'm yeah asking. man uh i didn't get that right mr ruiz bro mr ruiz mr ruiz um afro latino black latinx man from honduras. from honduras yeah right um first first uh teacher that i had that was a man um and also like first black teacher oh, that yeah. I had right in, in all of my grades right so yeah. and this was in the fifth grade and I feel like after that I can't remember maybe maybe like in college you yeah, were college. his actual like his actual second class Mr. Rose second his, his best <laughs> doesn't matter what number and then like St. Uh, not St. John's All Hallows High School you went through your little rebellious stage with the principal we're not gonna mention that and then you ended up in St. John's. Now, when you were in St. John's, did you have an idea that you wanted to do? Because you graduated from what major? Um, I graduated with a human services social work And major. it was the first class? that First was. class and the last. So now my major now St. John's is actually human and health services. Ooh. So people that are going into like... Like health ma- healthcare and management and stuff like that. Yeah. Was no, that no. like when you went into St. John's? Was that like what you envisioned? Was that what Are you wanted to study? Nope. Nope. It was what was not. the first... My thing was, I thought, I knew that it was going to be, like, a, a revolution, like a social revolution. Okay. Right? And I was following that wave of, like, computer science. You get me? Like, yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, um, uh, information management systems. I mean, we're, right? I feel like we're from the generation that, like, yeah. that was, like, you got to learn coding. Computer you got to learn science. computers. You got to computer learn science. computers yeah. right away because that's, that's the you future. Know, and everybody was actually right. And it was, like, a shift from that, like, paradigm of, like, you, you either got to be a teacher, a lawyer... A cop or some other bullshit that gives you like a pension after twenty seven years, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like that yeah. that mentality of like these sad. And I'm not I'm not knocking it, right? Like those were Follow methods of survival. Yeah. Like these are the steps. I think that we were at the age where there was like some innovation around it. Like, oh, the, this computer stuff, that, ride that wave, you yeah. know. Um, and I did for a little bit, and then you know, because I, I was pretty good at mathematics, but what I was really good at is um, understanding systems, right? I've always been intrigued in, in the way that things work. Right? Okay. Specifically, how people work and how people working together create this system of working. It's true. Okay. Right. So, I did that for a little bit, and then it got really boring. Um, <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time like in the cafeteria, like I don't know, talking. Marilac. Talking shit. Marilac. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's St. John's. We reference St. John's. Who's Marillac. Who's Marillac? Is where, is where, she's, she's so is, Dominican. You're a real she's a cafeteria lady. It's where all the broke kids go <laughs> and eat. If you're a real St. John's person, she's you know so Dominican. Marillac. We got some St. John's people in the audience. It's where, it's What's Marillac? It's where us poor folks go to gather. That's where we gather. Wait, wait. And we like healed with each other. Marillac. What is that? It's, it's Wait, say it again, because Lou explained it, but I was saying that Marillac is where is where all the poor folks came together to like eat and like steal like burgers from Burger King. Burger King. <sighs> steal burgers from Burger King? Um, let me tell you. I'll so tell it was you a cafeteria. Talk about. It was a cafeteria. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. Like it was a common like area. <laughs> There's a common area. So when did yeah. you get common the idea? Like, and not steal, liberate. <laughs> Liberate. That's true. You gotta free the burgers. Liberate the burgers. Yeah. So when when did you get the idea? Let me do it for you, Mister. Like, when did somebody advise you in St. John's, or was something that you read up on, or did you have an an idea or an epiphany? I was really good at psychology. Okay. Right. And the professor, uh, Professor Trapness, actually. um, Shout out, Professor Trapness. Shout out, yo, for life. Damn. She yeah for life. She. She was like, yo, you're really good at this. I'm starting this major. Are you interested? Right? We need a few more students to actually get it accredited to become a major. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm with it. Like, because this, this human beha- behavior, this behavioral psychology stuff kind of came easy to me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and so I made the decision that I dropped like 42 credits to pursue this major. Dang. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's big a big commitment. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, but then after that, like, I aced it. I yeah. aced it. And I, and I felt like, you know when people talk about like their calling or whatever, right? I think that people have this picture of like, you know, like people shaking to the ground. I'm and awakening. Like, oh, my God. oh my God, this is what you I'm know, to do. Like the spirit hitting them. Right? Yeah. And actually, yeah. I think what it feels like is when you have that feeling where it's like, yo, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Right? It's, I feel like it's much more so, subtle, but it's actually like a whole like, yo. Like you I'm feel like, a, like, like an alignment. Peace. Like an alignment, yeah. exactly. Like there's no doubt of like... This Which, is what I gotta do. This is what I gotta do. Yeah, so man. you get in there, you finish. I got in there. Congratulations. Started a nonprofit. Got in there. Wait, I'm. Hold, let oh, me, wait, let wait, me, wait, wait. Let me. <laughs> so you're getting into you get the. In there. You, we're getting to that point because oh, you, you you've done a lot already for a young guy. You, uh, you're, you're in that program. <laughs> <laughs> you're in that program. And you get this idea. What's GBG? That's like GBG. Yeah, man. So it sounds. I, it it I honestly know. sounds terrible. It sounds like something you caught. Crazy, you caught the GBG. You never said this. GBG, GBG sounds great. This <coughs> is what, sounds when you say when you say GBG what? by itself, that sounds like you got a weird relationship with those letters, man. Because I, I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't know. Like you. I mean, it sounds like Does it sound weird? Does it sound um, weird, GBG? No, it doesn't. Days. I mean, <laughs> yeah. okay. I think it sounds great. So, <laughs> just take us to that. What was that? What was hey, the thought process like that. behind that? What was the? So first, what, what was GBG? First of all, so first, this is new because mm-hmm. I thought you were a fan. I am a fan, and oh, the name. and a gold member. I am of it. A platinum. Yeah, you know. So, so I, GBG started, man, as like platinum. For me, I was around, right? Like. I was around my friends, right? And we had a really great time together. And I feel like it was like some click shit, right? Like, yo, like, we need a name, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, like, really trying to harness that type of energy okay. is where, like, the GBG stuff stuff came out of. It was more right? of a, at first, it was more like a, like you said, click. Like, like a brotherhood. Like, like a, a brotherhood, 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 brot
Exactly. When did that change? Because it you know, changed and it changed the college quick, and quick. It like it, it, it was something that it means something to people. First of all, the reason why I went to Monkey Room is because of GBG, um, and it changed. Yeah. And there's still people to this day in this neighborhood that ask us about it and talk to us about it. So, what what changed? How did it happen? I think for me, like um, at the same time that uh, that that alignment was happening for me. I was really looking around my space and looking at people that I'm in relationship with. Like, yo, like, I know there's more to this, right? Yeah. I know, like, all of us care much more about each other, about our world, about our community, than, right. like, just, like, partying all the time, right? So, it was an easy shift. It was like, yo, no, I got it. Like, let's use this energy, this popularity, you know, and this, really, like, this kind of, like, connection that we have to do more in our community. And that's where it shifted um, to give me growth. And that's 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 my that's that part. Explain that because it's be give be dot. I'm sorry. Give, give be dot, dot. Give dot. Give dot. dot be, be dot, dot. Grow. I'm sorry. No more presidents. No more presidents. Let's president. take these away. <laughs> yeah. Please um, stop this man. Explain. Explain that because yeah. that it seems like if somebody listens to it. Oh, it seems simple, but it's actually there's a lot of layers to that. For sure. I mean, giving was was the part of service. Yeah. That we were um, committing you. to, right? It was this this service aspect that we were committing to. It was give, give first, right? So, mm. give um, what? Give, give your time, give your skills, of give yourself. your expertise, yeah, of yourself, give energy, of yourself, right? Um, and then being was really this phase of exploration and of learning, right? So like like a, a self mastery phase where you're learning about like who am I, who do I want to be in this okay. world, right? Mm. And then the grow phase is like okay. And with that, what kind of change can you create? Not right? just in yourself, but... In the world. And the thing, is, it was like you said, like the onion, it was multi-layered, right? Because then, organization-wise, it was like, okay, so the first way that you engage with us is through some sort of community service, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the second way you engage with us is on some sort of educational experience, like a workshop. Okay. And then the last phase, the growth phase is, okay, so now how can you create some sort of experience for someone else that yeah. wants to come in and do service? What's the contribution? You see? Of, uh, so it's cyclical. Um, and it was great. It, I mean, it was dope, man. It was really dope. Um, I think it's something that, like, I don't want to say put on the shelf because, like, we all live it in different ways. Even though it doesn't go by the name of, like, Gippy Grow and it doesn't have, like, the 501c3 incorporation, like, we're all living that type of lifestyle, right? Like, yeah. you know, Rick is doing some things, right? Like, you know, like, my brother's out there, right? We're all also going through that, that same type of theory of change that we had developed in college is the same way that we live our lives now, right? We're all yeah. asking ourselves, how can I be a better person? How can I transform so that I could transform the world? You feel mm. me? And yeah. like continuing that exploration mm. uh, and that learning <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Mm. <coughs> so, Damn, that was powerful, this was, uh, that was strong. That was strong. It was a beautiful time because it was a time where that was a little lame. It, it, oh. <laughs> it fell on my pants now. <laughs> It was a time where we were, first of all... Can I give a shout-out? You know what's the time? What? Where I met this guy right here. That's true. We did meet in those days. So, we we used to do... Now, he's my best friend. Craziest... No, he's still my best friend. First of all, his son has my name. Battle Royale. So... Hey, there's enough for me to go around. We, we, uh, we don't have to get into this. <laughs> next episode. He's, he's my best. So, we don't have to get into this. There's enough. There's the, the story my, behind my that is... overflows, man. The, <laughs> and the, us being in this place is... Um, 
We did an event called the Washington Heights History Hash. Mm. And Classic. We, we just walked. That go, yo, historical. We just walked into this bar. Yeah, we were 19 at the yeah, time. Yeah. We we're underage. Well, you're and, like a couple years older than me, so right. maybe you were. <laughs> I was 17? I was, I was, I was, I think I, I was still 20. I was maybe 17. I was 50. But I walk, we walked in, it was just me and Lou, and the manager, we won't say his name because he doesn't work here no more. He said, yeah, it's fine. You guys can hide a clue here. Because we wanted people to learn the history of the neighborhood. Like, for example, there's a Russian market on 181st Street. Yeah. There is the highest point in Manhattan, the highest natural point in Manhattan, yeah. uh, two blocks this way. The last natural forest. The last natural, natural forest. Yes. There was there's so many, like, historic Morris Jumel Mansion, which, by the way, we met Alicia Keys' mother while cleaning up the Morris Jumel Mansion. Shout out to Alicia Keys. Shout out to Alicia Keys. Shout out to you. Gonna shout everybody. <coughs> yeah. So, it was, it was, like... Uh, and then we came here and the guy was he was accepting and he was willing to open his doors at all times then we did a history I'm um, sorry we did the midnight hunger run we did do that Man, and, that and I would say and I'll say that, that was great that was you really know and the good. thing is that for me it was also like a testing ground right like around community organizing around youth development around service right um, in a way that like felt right and also felt close to me you know because at that same time that that's like that I think like that was like really the surge of gentrification in our neighborhood, right? So I think us wanting to kind of do something around that, like okay, maybe we're not, we don't have influence over the structures that are creating that here. Like we don't have that type of influence, right? But but how about we also make sure that we don't lose the history and the culture that exists here as people are coming in, yeah? So that it's not whitewashed. Mm. You get me? So that was that Tell them. that was a beautiful. And it was, I think it was three or four groups. Some of the group members are here. It was lit. And it was one of the best things that had happened in Washington. And it was it was pouring rain the day. Um, the people still went through the entire Heights neighborhood. They looked up for the clues. A team won. And they ended up winning a huge good dinner at Hispaniola. Oh, at my that, God. I, I forgot At the about time it. where we fitted the bill for it. And they also got uh, awards. Um, and then there was an after party in the monkey room. So shout out monkey room. Shout, shout out, out the shout monkey out Jacob. room. No, yeah, shout it was shout out Jacob, but he didn't want to be on the camp. But shout out to Jacob and the monkey room. So that's Gibby Grow. Lou also was involved wait, in FYI. Wait, hold on. Can you guys explain a little bit more about the hunger run? Yeah, because I feel like that was a really good thing. Oh, you guys did. I'm sorry. Wait, you guys really. I was. And that's why I was going to the hunger run okay. next. I'm sorry. Right. So the hunger run was an idea that. I think it, it was Lewis's original idea, where we were gonna feed the homeless at midnight. So we're doing a soup, hot chocolate, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Classic. Who doesn't like those three things? I love that. Everybody. So unless you're also centered around like Thanksgiving. It was around. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. And it was. It was cold and freezing. We noticed that there were a lot of homeless people here and also downtown, and it wasn't just for the homeless. Don't mistake in the fact that we're no. doing hunger. Anybody who wanted a sandwich or a soup or a chocolate, which, by the way, Gene spilled all over himself, you could have a cup or a sandwich. So, uh, yeah, I think the purpose of it was, you know, like something that we wanted to do. We're like, what can we do on this holiday about giving yeah. thanks? And, you know, what can we show people that we're thankful for? Like, how can we do that? Right. And we thought, what who are the people that are most needy, you know? Yeah. In this time of year, around it just the looks time. terrible. Yeah, a homeless and, person and also in the cold. In our, in our neighborhood, around the terminal, there were a lot of displaced folks there. True. Right. So I think that's something yeah. that we also picked up on, mm -hmm. and we're like, "Yo, like, what can we do? 
right? Yeah. Like they're they're often harassed by other people, right? Like they're exactly. like Told to no one no one's paying attention. They're like a nuisance to people. And for us, it was like, yo, like that's messed up. Yeah, they're people, right? Yeah. So like, what can we provide? Also to like I don't know ease the pain or, or the suffering a li- even even just a little bit, a uh, moment and of course momentarily right, yeah. um, and so everyone was everyone was down with it. Yeah. It was a good experience. It was very inspiring. It went from one eighty first mm-hmm. all the way to thirty something. Street. Fun fact. Thirty fourth Street. Fun fact. Fun fact. Pop up videos. Um, <laughs> I had just come out of central booking. <laughs> oh, and did that service? No, no, we were so. Uh, can I say for what? Yes, Fair Vision. Fair Vision. We call <laughs> it TOS. Man, fuck the MTA. Step of service. So yeah. you got a one sixty five. Yeah. The thing is, we usually I mean, got to swipe on me. If I come out the train station and you're waiting for yo, you don't got to jump it. I will swipe you in, yes. dog. <laughs> I will swipe you in. Fuck the MTA. So, I didn't even know we were going to get the event through, but Lou got out in time. Just wipes all day. It was, it was like two days before. And I want to give a shout out Four to my before. guy Riz. My man Riz. Shout out Rizzy. At I am Riz. Orlando. He held me down. He promised me that he would take care of my family while I was away. So. <laughs> <laughs> he perfect. He, he definitely did. That's very true. He slipped in cash on the commissary. Gave me like a Let's 20. Go. A 20 spot just in case. Wow. What did you do? He thought he was going away. He thought I was going up north, baby. But I know. That's inspiring. You need people like that in your life. You need people like that, man. So, what, what'd you get with the commissary? Did you get like the bologna with the little packet of mayonnaise? Or no, I got a little milk. No, no, no. Basically, I. It's crazy. So, so I negotiated a chicken box from the officer. <laughs> Let's go. So as long Let's as go. I shared it with like the cellmate, Let's go. You know what I'm saying. Uh, so I got mine. Wait. He got one too. How, how'd you think? I don't want this. Sandwich. Only breast, two breast fries. That was the classic. That's combo. community wow. building in Central Bookings. Right in, in, in the cell. No, it wasn't. It was, that that well. wasn't in the cell. That was at the holding cell. At the precinct. Point. Which, which shout out. Harlem Children's Zone. I was working at that time. Oh my god! So here I am coming, like that's get, like cuffed, walking across the train station, where like the whole community that I work for <laughs> lives in. So I'm like, I don't know, my like my head buried down somewhere because, because you hopped the train. Because I hopped the train. And let me tell you, the it was crazy, right? Because I had the money in my hand, but the train was right there, and we had to go to a party. So I'm like, yo, let's just go, let's just go. With my uh, girlfriend at the time, we ran in, literally money in my hand, but the train was there, so I didn't go get the metro. And the officer like, stop, bro, you don't you gotta know. justify it. Fuck them, team. <laughs> I mean, and also, and also, the cop was like, if I don't find nothing on your whatever, yeah. then I'll let on you your free, rap, right? Yeah. And it's like, come on, bro. Wait, but was there? I, was there, I think there was something. No, yeah, there was something from when you previously park after dark, bro. Oh, oh I was at a park oh, like at seven thirty, sitting in the park bench. The cop car came into Inside. the park, like, yeah. Yeah. and like braked right in front of me. Put the headlights, and we're like, "Could you head to?" So they bro, I'm stomach. sitting in a park bench. I'm not. No. I'm not that dangerous, but you know why. Damn. We're gonna get into that. So after Gibby Grow, we'll just speed. <laughs> but, you, but you help midnight park. hunger run. Midnight hunger classic. Run. I'm not going on 
on one after this? <laughs> we did like three or four of those. Yeah, we we could take buckets, take it outside. We did uh, clean up the heights. We did a few things, man. We came out in the Manhattan Times newspaper. We had, actually had the cover as the Young Lords of Washington Heights. This is where you should put that thing up <clears throat> in the video. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to Justin. By the way, Justin's here behind the Justin. camera. I don't know if I... Oh. I, I kind of miss Justin. Shout out, Say, Justin. Shout, shout out, out to Justin and the Trees production. So, uh, I think that's my role. Yeah. Uh, no, your your role is <laughs> you. You actually got the role down down pack. That's, 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 that's a good role. That's a good role. Do you want to shout out uh, who I makes this video? Oh, shout out my dear Project. Project. Shout out Project, man. Project. Project. He does yeah, some yeah. of the dope. I'm looking for a sponsorship, man, because I feel like all my clothing right now. You definitely should. You definitely should. So here we go. Boom. Shout out Project. Project. Hater proof. My dear Project. Okay. So. Now that we did the GBG era, yeah, and it was a little bit mixed into the FYI, which you helped fund and get money to get a building yeah, for a nonprofit. Two million dollar building, yeah. And your name still hanging on that building, it's right next to the elevator. Wait, Ooh. what building was this? FYI, Fresh Youth Initiative. Yeah. Which elevator? The only elevator. <laughs> the only elevator in the building. <laughs> which the building that you two are. <laughs> so yeah, no one else. After that, oh, wow. what? After Wait, that, what? we go into PAL. Talk about what you did. First of all, you were first of all. Director. That's an autobiography right now. I was gonna say, it is. can we skip towards like the work that you? No, I, oh, we're, you we're getting there. 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 Yes, I want to get all the accomplishments. Yeah. I want to get the accomplishments in. I don't like being attacked. So uh, <laughs> you first were in referee. You did some good work out there, and then they, the PAL decided to give you your own center. Where is your center? Shout out Refern Projects. Refern, <laughs> Ocean Bay. Ocean Bay. Um, Far Rock. Oh, Far Rock. Far Rock America. Far Rock. Far Rock USA, baby. Shout out. I know you want to do squat. Far Rock. <laughs> squat up. Yo. Shout out Stack Bundle. Ocean Drive. <coughs> oh, my goodness. So, Goldie Maple. Goldie Maple. That's Damn. the name. Yo. So I mean, just imagine. That's the last stop on the A train going down. Yeah. How I live on the last stop on the A train going up. You know I live. I live upstate Manhattan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how long is that? Upstate Manhattan. Hashtag upstate Manhattan. How long is that commute though? Two Far hours and a half. Two and a half hours. Four hours on the weekends. Far Rockaway. Because you gotta take that uh, shuttle. Far Rockaway is almost in Rhode Island. Nah, you so. gotta go through customs to go to Far Rockaway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so after they, they they say, Lou, we're gonna give you, we're gonna make you center director. And well, all right, but so that it wasn't that easy. I, mean, I know it wasn't I that know easy. It took you two seconds. But, for the- <laughs> but there was a lot I'm, of nights. I'm promoting you right now. Okay. I, I I know the commute. We used to have conversations. I was out there for a, a, a minute, a, a long time. You know, but but so over a year and a half. Nah, actually, I was only out there for nine months. No. Became, became, <laughs> so you acting like you was that's a full baby. That's, that's a full baby. That's a full baby. Okay, so you did a baby in you Far like, Rock. No, no, no. I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to say. And then, oh, I'm sorry. Ronnie Fuller Reproductive was, justice. Was he working okay. in PAL at that time? Ronnie at that Fuller? time, he was my mentor. Ronnie and he Fuller. was your mentor, and he was in PAL since that day. Yeah. And you put your time in. You obviously did a bid. And, and let me tell you. And you survived. And let me tell you. And at the time that I was applying, he was like. I don't know, Lewis. You know, you're young. You still have to do more time. And I'm like, yo, I don't lose nothing, right? Do I lose anything by putting this in? Because this, this two-hour-and-a-half commute is killing me. I don't know, yeah. right? Um, and also, you know, like, just my ambition, my fire was all the way up at that point. Um, and he was like, yo, you're probably not going to get it, you know, maybe another two years, right? Ooh. So 
I got it. You got it. I got it. Got it. Um, interesting situation, right? So going into the interview, um, we had to wait and sit outside, and I had to sit next to the person I was interviewing for that position. That was the that was the assistant director there. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. person was like forty years older than me, bro. So wow. a little awkward, like. What, hey, what did you think that that's an advantage for you? Because that person might be out of touch with. No, no, no. You, don't, you don't look at experience as I think that's elder discrimination, bro. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm not saying elder. I'm just asking the questions that no, the no. audience might I, ask. No, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just trying to say. You, you, know could, you could think that, but no, that's not the case, right? Because okay. there's a lot of wisdom in that experience, right? Okay. Exactly. I, think, I think the point was that I did not know that this person was applying, right? Okay. Because for me, it would make sense. That if that person is the assistant director there for a certain amount of time, they just get bumped up. Right? So it was that, right? And also for me, being intimidated, you know, by someone that is older than me, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, this is a weird situation. I didn't know, you know? Because I had had a lot of respect for that person um, at that time. Okay. And then, and so that, it was awkward. And and also I was very, very, like, fortunate and blessed and favored to to then have become uh, the, the PAL's youngest director at that time mm. so nice. the youngest director in the center here in, in Manhattan or since in? 1914 okay but my question is <laughs> are we discussing the Manhattan center that you ran or the the, the, the reference one man man okay because I was so assistant director there. where is that center in Manhattan um, Midtown Manhattan 52nd and 11th in Hell's Kitchen mm. Hell's Kitchen mm. how long were you there Hell's Kitchen Hell's Kitchen seven years seven man. years seven solid <sighs> Seven good years. years. Seven good years. years. Seven years, years in the I kitchen. I think everybody at this table has worked in that center every one time or another. Not me. Mm. Need a job? Well. So. <laughs> I mean, you worked out of it. <clears throat> you worked out of it. It was like home base for you. I work out everywhere. You were always there, so it feels you like you were there. In there. So, what 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 are some things you accomplished you were, while no, you were at there. the center? <laughs> that I accomplished at the center. Wow. Well, talk about the center when you first walked in and you sent us photos. Like, oh man, this is what they gave me. Yeah, <laughs> it was all. It was. I mean, it, 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 it had, needed some work. It needed a lot of work. It like, needed some maintenance wise, aesthetics yeah. wise, yeah. Uh, supply wise. Like, it bro, was, it just felt it felt forgotten. Yeah, right. Um, and for me, you know, like young people deserve the most. You know what I'm saying, like okay. young people deserve deserve us to be listening to them, to be to be um, to be taking on their leadership, right? To be. Right, educators, right, yeah. right, and to really be put in a position um, where we're believing what they're telling us and moving from that from young people's leadership forward, right? Yeah. So going in there, it was like, what? This is crazy, right? Like, here's this building. Um, I think it was like built maybe like in the 30s, like right? Re-renovated yeah. by the people in the community, so it had history, right? Where the community had taken like. Uh, care of that building yeah and so it was it was whack for me to see that the organization in itself which we won't name right now right did not invest in that i just dropped the name like right um so so for me it was like yo what what are some things that you brought to that building besides the repairs the brand new gym hope the orchestra results results outcomes murals development Murals, uh, tournaments, sponsorships, the, uh, 365 dollars right? A brand new computer lab, new programs. Okay. Mm. 
leadership, <coughs> innovation, mm. yeah, quality. Tell mm. them. So once you've established yourself, because that I think that position, tell you, you went from basically everything on his shirt. Yes. Race, love, justice. Then you develop your own community, health, community, and healing. So, mm. what is Black Boy Rise? And, and what is Lulu's oh, good? You jumped on there. You yeah. jumped on that okay. one. Um, yeah, so Black Boy Rise, I mean, the shirt is here, right? So, Black Boy Rise is a project um, that I've been doing for some time now, around two and a half years, three years now, um, where the mission is to carve out space for men, specifically men of color, men and boys of color, mm. uh, to engage in critical dialogue. Around these things that are on my shirt, right? Around race, love, justice, brotherhood, masculinity, health, community, and healing, right? Um, and to create a space where um, men are healing, right? Okay. Um, specifically from internalized racism, you know, specifically from these aspects of like masculinity that are not ours to own, yeah. um, but they've been put on us to follow, um, you know, and so creating those spaces, right? Okay. And what it's looked like in the past two years is I host retreats, I host workshops, uh, and now in this upcoming year where we're going to be in the DOE uh, yeah. doing programs, like 22-week programs per semester. Oh, wow. um, so that, I mean, that's, so the history of that is, you know, like, I think, I think it was like this, it was an era thing in that like a lot of people felt like this is enough, right? Like given our current yeah. uh, political, social, cultural conditions, a lot of people are like, yo, this is this is too far. It's it's oh it's been too far for a very long time. Yeah. But I think something very specific <laughs> around forty five getting put into office made like it was like a, a reality check. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it was just him running for yo, office. Let me ask you when you, is it with this is, like is your vision one of these organizations where like you teach like kids how to tie a tie and shit like that? You know it's not. Or you know, like the, and, and I'm gonna say this right. There was value. Interview, prepare. Pre- there was value for the how most, to be a man. There was values for those type of organizations. I think back in the '90s, right? The whole like teaching young people how to code switch, how to wear like brogue shoes and and bespoke suits and like whatever, right? Yeah. I'm not knocking that because there was value in that, right? Brogue shoes. That, that was a, that was a way. That folks identify like, look, this is how you could uh, uh, maximize power. This is how you could gain access, right? Mm. And I think that given our conditions, given young people's access to information, given our ability to connect with each other and yeah. move as a unit, I think it calls for a complete different type of paradigm to exist for these young people to thrive and to succeed, okay. right? Like, young people are the ones that are leading the revolution, right? Let's when, go. You, yeah. when you look back to any type of revolution, you look at the age of the people that are leading them. You see, like, these are, like, young people, 16, 18, yeah. 20, 20-something, you know? Yeah. So, I think for us, right, as as grown people, especially grown men, mm-hmm. to put these things of, like, well, I'm going to tell you how to do this thing, I feel like it's one-sided. Mm-hmm. You get me? And I think that that, that type mm-hmm. of, like, single story that we give to young people um, isn't adequate in order for us to really move into a space of liberation and freedom. Right. Yeah. So, I, what my intention is to open up that space, hear these young people's voices, and put that as a primary focus to move forward. Right. So, what are some events that you've done already for Black World? Yeah, like I said, so I've hosted the Black World Retreat a few times already, um, and this is a space where I call in uh, facilitators that have that type of analysis around youth development to come and engage young people in dialogue. Right, so they are facilitators, and the point is to engage young people 
in dialogue, right? So they're also co-facilitators, yeah. right? They're the ones that are guiding the process. They're the ones that are informing yeah. the way that these things are held, right? Um, and then we have like a basketball tournament after, just to like create, you know, a, 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 like a bonding to, to a community in a way that's still familiar, right? Because what we use is what we use is like these theories around critical consciousness, these theories around having um, a culturally relevant pedagogy that really is about like the information that's here in the room already, yeah. right? So I'm not coming into the space trying to like fill you up as if you're an empty cup. What I'm trying to do is is acknowledge that you come with your with your cup already filled and how can we create a space where we're like filling each other's cups up you know yeah um if my that cup, makes sense my cup's always Ooh. overflowing you and that's that the point of his thing you know about all, all of our cups are full. um we just can i pause right now because i need to take a meat piss <laughs> <laughs> can I, do that? I could do that as well <laughs> In five, four, three, two, and now one. So you were talking about black boy. Now I want to ask you, yeah. why black boy rocks? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, so for me, it was important for me. It was important to really um, mm-hmm. think about who my community is um, and how I can contribute to my community. Um, so I've been in develop and youth development specifically for for some time now, um, and I think going on with like the current political conditions, going on with like the various various lives of young black boys being murdered by the hands of the state, yeah. by the police, um, I think it was important for me to uh, center that experience um, of black boys and black men. I think it also created a space for uh, people like myself, right, like uh, Latinx, Afro-Latinx descent, um, to be able to explore that identity as well, right? Yeah. There's a lot of anti-blackness um, and a lot of... Um, Spanish-speaking countries, so I think it was a, it was a space where we could together as men engage in that tension, right? In a way um, that felt forwarding as well, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's why Black will rise, right? I mean, and it's, it's self-explanatory, right? Um, it is for men of color, but yeah. specifically, like uh, this is this is who I feel um, we should be centering their experience, so that we could create freedom for all of us, yeah. right? So it's basically like because it's I, also I, great phonetically. Yeah. Black boy rice. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, especially in Dominican culture, like I feel like it's kind of a discrimination between mm-hmm. the black and the light skin and the dark skin mm-hmm. Dominican. The complejo dominicano. It's. Can you like, translate that for me? So, Benny's Benny's uh, basically, uh, we're all Dominican at this yeah. table. And exactly, we're all Dominican, and we're all different, different. colors, and we're all different shapes all different and shapes. colors. A Dominican rainbow. Exactly. Dominican. But if you ask my grandmother, who, for example, is—I wouldn't say my grandmother. If you ask a Dominican who is dark, and you ask them, "Oh, you—you you tell them, you know, you're black or you're Indian or you're—they're gonna say, "No, I'm white. I'm not black." So they see black them, as right? a as, I'm as, or I'm yeah. Indian or yeah. anything other than black. Other than yeah. black, yeah. they're okay. For That's me. true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so given my experience, um, I thought I thought that it was something that I could speak to, and also that I wanted to engage in learning around myself. Yeah. Right. So I felt it was also a way for me to call this thing out that would bring people that also had like that kind of like struggle, that tension, and that experience. Yeah. Uh, into the projects that I was doing. So I recently did a uh, the, um, as a Christmas gift the twenty three and me 
uh, DNA test. I know you did. You did the other one. You did. That's was awesome. it extra shit? So you sense people that you don't know a vial of your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they took. Yeah. A, basically, they, <laughs> took, basically yeah. they took away. That makes a lot of sense. They yeah. took away yeah. our culture and our knowledge of where we came from, and now we're paying. And now we're paying, paying for them to give it to, to us. Tell us. But what, they also get to keep one, some though. of our DNA just right. in case. You did. But the, what did they say? You did the ancestry, though, right? Say that. You did the ancestry. Yeah. True. They gave you the DNA back. No, they nah, didn't. Nah, they sent it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they could be creating like you know Rick Age clones. For all I know, and research. I think I saw one. I think I saw a Rick clone. Probably. I've seen, I've seen Probably. many of them. So you were telling me about your European heritage. I. <laughs> your conquistador tell heritage. Tell, tell us. us. Tell us about your conquistador. No, I was saying I did it, and I know Luz done it. Mm-hmm. So I, it was interesting though, because I was expecting like. Like, first of all, I am light-skinned, and I know that my grandfather, his last name is Hierro, and he's from uh, from the Canary Islands, uh, from the south of Spain, and uh, over, like, in that area between Spain and Africa. That's, that's what I know. And there's an island called La Isla de Hierro in Spain. So I knew that he was from that area. I did not know I was, like, 19 point whatever percent. I don't know how they do these percentage points, by the way. Yeah, I don't know how they do. 19 point something percent Sub-Saharan African So You was hyped about that I was You know I, 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 I was like Where's my African at I know it's somewhere in there First of all My grandmother is You went out and bought a dashiki I, I will I will soon I'm just saying I'm just, No soon. I'm just saying Coming don't. soon I wanted to know Don't I have like, Don't But I have one. No I would say I would say I, It's interesting that you bring that up I think what's important right Is that what we're not doing is appropriating, right? Mm, so it's important to learn. Point. Is learn, right? So for example, right, in a lot of my trainings, I use cloth, right? I put cloth on my tables, and mm-hmm. that's a way for me to like practice the reclaiming of space, right? Okay. But what I've also done is I've gone to these markets and asked where are they from, right? So mm-hmm. I know that that a lot of um, West African uh, tribes ended up in DR, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so so the folks of Guinea. Are, are where from are where a lot of people that do have Dominican heritage can trace themselves back to, right? So the cloth that I have are specifically from like Guinea and places like that. You get me? Oh. So what what's important is that you understand. It's learning and understanding. What about this sleeve right from. here? What this? Where's the sleeve that's, from? That's, that's Steve something crazy. Lucin. Steve Lucin. Steve Lucin. He hallucinated. But, he hallucinated. But I, I, I just did it because first of all, my wife did it. And mm. she's she was very proud of the rest. well she wanted to know so and not only she she got her mother a kit and then for Christmas she got me a kit and I was actually excited because I wanted to know specifically first of all as a, a as a young man that grew up from Washington Heights yeah single parent household yeah you don't know the other side you want to yeah. get to know what's going on on the other side I know Lou did it himself so yeah. it helps you better understand like roots your history yeah, and your right. roots yeah. and where you're from so, but, you know and I think that that. That's one of the things that I really, um, when people ask me like how or what, I think this aspect around self mastery is key. You get me? Like, like getting on this journey of learning who you are. Yeah. First of all, it's a lifelong journey, right? But it's something that a lot of people don't like. They don't ride that train, and it's so vital for I think our own development, right? And our own right. like ability to connect with people. And and I think is a key marker to success, right? Like how much do you actually know yourself? You feel me? Yeah. So that was like a way for me to like continue that 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 like journey of like how how can I know myself more? 
And also, there's more for me to learn about, right? So it's not like, oh my goodness, Ancestry DNA just told me who I am. Yeah. It just gave me like, oh, now now I have like some questions. It's like a piece to the puzzle, you know? I would like to go here. I would like to see this. I would like you to... You know, like, oh, mom, I didn't know this. I, I see, I got some Venezuelan heritage. What's about that? Oh, I your grandma. Okay. I got I got, actually, I got a question about Ancestry.com. Do they... Like, An- Ancestry. Ancestry.com? Yeah. Ancestry? Ancestry is something you're creating right now. It's not like a dope website. Ancestry.com. Do not steal my brother's idea. Ancestry.com. Trademark Benny Banks. Trademark, Trademark Benny Banks. Yeah, man. So, how the fuck do they know where you're from? Like... I think do they, so. Do they tell, I'm gonna, they I'm gonna you, let crazy ass. Do they give you a breakdown? Because he's great at science. I, you, you, hold on a second. Hold listen, on. Because what I feel. Listen. Let, let me listen, let me but, say what I feel. Listen. And then, I'll, then you can explain me. to me. But listen. This is what I feel. I feel like they get your DNA, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Then they they, fi- they have your name. Out. They have all this stuff. Then they just look up and they Google. They Google you. They look you up on Facebook. Then they're like, "All right, this dude's look kind of light skinned He's a." 70% European, <laughs> 10% African. Now let's just throw some stuff there. I you you I, have some validity not, to what you're saying. Now, I think that's Graves. I think that's some soundness to your science. I have another theory. I think that they have like this this big map, right? Like on a board. Yeah. And then they grab like a bunch of darts <laughs> and they throw it. Yeah, yep. 17%. <laughs> but from my personal experience, so they don't explain to you how they get the information. <laughs> I want to see just, the reports. Yeah, they do. It's like, a like, DNA. Show me test. how you got here. They, show me my chromosomes. Show me how you got to this person. Oh, I want to see what diseases. I think. Like, I think you have legit questions. But with the report, how do you, you know my grandfather, my fucking ancestor from seven hundred years ago? They don't, but your DNA okay. is a story. Your DNA, right? your DNA matches someone's DNA who matches someone's DNA who matches someone's yeah. DNA who matches Ooh, someone's yes. DNA who matches someone's DNA. So, what do you guys think? Imagine gang is well. My personal thing is, I did it right, and I, I um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know my DNA like that. So, from my father's side, I've had conversations with my sisters and. What they had no clue that I took the test, and it matches with what they're the story that they're telling me. So it, your DNA does tell a story. So why do you I'm sure, no, I'm sure it does, bro. I, I'm sure it does. I, listen, I think there must be some science to it. My thing is my comfort level with sending strangers your, my DNA. <laughs> it's not there. It's not there. So I'm gonna steal crazy hair and his saliva to send it to the government. But uh, <clears throat> you also started Lou knows good. Lou knows good. What was that? I don't know what that is. Man. I'm wearing a shirt promoting um, it, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so, does no good, though. So that's Luno, a nipple. So. You know, Luno's, Luno, <coughs> Luno's good. Luno, um, Luno good. Is my consulting business, Luno, right? Luno's no good. <laughs> Wait. Luno's, Luno's no good. Luno's no good? I think I, that's my Luno's website. good. That's your website. <laughs> Luno good. Yeah. Luno good. Luno no, so, so I, I do consulting around social impact, social okay. justice, social equity, right? Um, so just breaking away. This was, this was my, my project. Uh, breaking away from the nonprofit industrial complex, right? I was really okay. tired of like the whole nine to five, the whole nonprofit. You want to get paid? Probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's and there's, you want to put it now. The same work, but you there's get economics, paid. right? That like also create equity for mm-hmm. folks, right? Um, so it was my way to break away from that, but also really own my skills, right? Um, so Luno's good. I do. Wait, Luno'sgood.com. If Luno's you want to contact him to do an event Luno's or a training, com. Yeah. Luis at Luno's.com. Um, at Luno's good. Luis Alejandro, of course, yeah. right? Yeah, so so in that, I do a lot of facilitation. I do a lot of training. Um, I do a lot of, like, um, I go to organizations 
any type of really any type of organization okay. and and what I do is I bring in my analysis around social impact social justice social equity and really have folks ask themselves if what they want to do is good how can they do it better right? so <laughs> can we so, so can we are, get so wait, what are the some, some of the places that you've uh, yeah that you're working on right now if you go on the website any <laughs> any really any so, of the major New York City um, agencies, right? Specifically, the Department of Youth and Community Development, the Department of Education, okay. the Police of the Lead, Police yeah. of the Lead, Harlem Children's Own, Children's Society. Yeah. Right? I've been a part of those organizations. So right? let's say right now, uh, somebody in the audience had an org, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. Lou, I want to hire you to consult." Uh, let's say uh, for, I do it for individuals and organizations. Rolando, like, for example, Rolando has a nonprofit, and he yeah. has a staff of thirty-five people. There is no school. Uh, uh, he has a diverse staff Rizno's real And he wants Rizno's real Don't steal that by the way And he wants to He wants to bring you on board Yeah <laughs> And he wants to what? <laughs> he wants to bring you on To consult for his company Yeah What are some of the The like, programs what would you, you offer? Yeah, yeah what, what would you offer, offer them? Well first I ask him Like what is it that he wants from me? Mm. Right? Um, Riz what do you want? You got a non-profit You have 30 something employees You're going to Lou Knows Good it, it, it's for kids or, or community development. What, what would you want from? Well, uh, a lot of kids. In my classroom, I like to teach my kids uh, how to uh, interact uh, with themselves and how to exactly uh, interact with the world around them. Okay. So what I would like to, what I would go for to do most good is how to uh, pretty much how to teach them how to interact with social with certain social variables that may affect. Uh, certain things that uh, they may not be aware of in their day to day as children growing up in our uptown community. That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. So do you have a, a, a do you have like a module for that? A module to attack that? You know, of course, because again, like my um, I pull a lot of my work from this concept. Um, I'm sure you guys have read Apollo Freddy. Um, pedagogy of the oppressed um, and there's also these concepts around direct education which is like right there's wisdom here right so I'm not coming in here as like the expert yeah. you get me I'm not coming in as an expert I'm coming in as an expert facilitator right and if you trace the, the root word of facilitator is fasi to make things easy right so I have the ability to come in and be like okay diagnose what's going on synthesize that information and create like a process that makes it easy to create impact, right? So in that case, there's behavior management trainings that I offer, right? There's capacity building trainings that, that I offer. Um, I lead cohorts on um, for educators around critically conscious education, right? Which I would invite Rolando to. Um, which and I, I do need to get better on like the content that I provide on my site. There's not you like on my site. There's not a lot of blog content, um, so that's something that I'm that I'm also looking to like. Um, advanced in the new year but as far as like education especially adult education really any anything that that need, has to do with creating change is something that I can support with yeah now look, the question I have is within that what kind of things do you do that are related to you know the topic of race because this is something that I feel like you know based on the conversation we've been having it seems like it's something that you're, you have some sort of expertise on you know, on some sort of expertise on training about 
race yeah, yeah. issues. So right now I consult for um, a few organizations. Um, the Center for Racial Justice and okay. Education is one of them. I heard uh, of those guys. NYU's Metro Center. Um, the Center for Strategic Solutions is another one. So I'm an equity coach for NYU, um, equity coach and consultant for NYU. I'm also a coach facilitator um, and team lead for the Center for Racial Justice and Education, right? So in those environments, um, what I do is, is, is a bevy of things, right? So there's one aspect where I'm educating educators um, and helping them create, build, foster their racial analysis, oh right? How's that been? It's it's been interesting. <laughs> it's been interesting, right? Because they're they're also working in a system uh, that is inherently racist, right? Um, so I think that that's that's like the challenge. Uh, but then there's also personal power and personal influence that you have um, in the space that you have as an educator to shift that, to disrupt that, to dismantle that, right? Um, and it's a difficult thing to pl- to like yeah. get out of, right? Because there's implicit bias, there's, un- there's unconscious bias, there's things that you believe to be true, but don't understand how you were shaped yeah. to believe that thing by those who hold power. Right. Mm. You get me? So it's like, you know, it's like you asking me, is it easy to have someone unplug from the matrix? Damn. Right? The matrix? You the matrix. Know, <laughs> the matrix. You wouldn't know. Right, so so it's difficult. It's also rewarding, right? Because hard as fuck. Because that shift does happen. Yeah, the thing is, once that Have shift you happens, you once you know, you can't unknow. Mm. Right. So yeah. once that thing clicks for people, it's like yo, you like you see their eyes open up and and their behavior shift immediately, right? And the point is for it to affect our young people positively, right? Because imagine, imagine what the beliefs are of the educators that are going into um, schools, right? right? They're believing that our young people uh, can't do enough. They believe that because they come from a poor household that their parents don't care. They believe that because of their economic circumstances or their race that they don't work hard enough, right? right. So imagine how that affects their teaching, mm. right? Wow. Imagine that how that affects their ability to create relationships with these young people that would then lead these young people to really succeed. Right beyond the academic city right. setting in life. So what right? you're saying is it's not my fault. <laughs> what do you mean? That's what I'm just saying. you're saying it's not my fault. A large part of it isn't. All right. So we have Good. we we had a we have a few <laughs> educators in the audience. You hear so, that, Mr. Polito? <laughs> <laughs> not my fault, bro. So we heard from Rolando already. We got Gerard in the audience. Jen. Oh shit! We got, Jen a few for a second. we got a few educators in the audience. So, and then we also, my wife, who's involved with diversity yeah. and, and inclusion. Yeah. So, I'm going to be doing a training for, for DOA's HR department in next week. So, Jen has just walked back in. So, Jen is an educator as well. Wait, so, Luke, if what, any what, of you guys have a question HR, right now. Training for HR department. DOE's HR department. There right. you go. So, I do a lot of uh, racial equity training. I do a lot of implicit bias trainings. I do a lot of social impact trainings. Um... You know, this this creating um, experiences that help people learn the things that they want to learn. Yeah. Like, I love doing that. Mm. Right? Um, and I've been able really to, like, Crazy create settings mm. where I'm learning how to do these things. Right? So, mm-hmm. uh, Training for Change is an organization yeah. where I learned a lot of, like, uh, mastery around creating uh, experiential workshops. Right. Um, that go along this, this uh, pedagogy of, of direct education. Right? Okay. Yo, can you um, define pedagogy for me? Please? Yeah, pedagogy is, is a way of... You've thrown a couple of phrases in there. Been, thank you. No, no, no. That's, a, that's a good thing to clarify. It's basically a way of teaching. Okay. Listen, right? I, went to, I, went to, I went to public school, guys. <laughs> me too. Tell me. 
It's a and I'm working. Hey, listen, and I'm working in a lot of pub- actually all the schools are working on public schools. Good. And they need that shit. And they're really like they're really working hard. There's a lot of people. There's so many people that really care, and they just need that support <coughs> to kind of shift their analysis. Yeah. Right. So that analysis plus their passion plus their expertise. Right. I think is what is what can change the lives of young people yeah. for good. I want to say something because I've been to I've I've been to many trainings, but I've been to how many? A, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been to like how fucking many, bro? Many like ninety eight, right, bro. Right, how how many trainings I've been you know, to? You I, I know you know many, how many trainings I've fucking been to. So yeah. Tra- no. yeah, loose trainings are the best trainings because he keeps everybody engaged. He he knows what everybody likes to like. He I, I don't know what he has, but it's like he's so charismatic and he just it, it's he tra- he attracts everybody around him. Yeah. It's it's crazy. He, he has the best trainings. So it's, it's not the hair. It's, it's it, it, it could be the hair. <laughs> it could be the it's beard. The activity, the message, maybe and the, the ways, the glasses. Yeah. Well, you know, like there's there's intention behind the way that I design um, these. Learning opportunities, right? Best training. Um, and so he keeps everyone engaged. Because what yes. I what I want to do is read the space, right? Yeah. I also want to build a container where people feel like they could be themselves, and that they could also like push the edges of their learning, right? So my final and last question. Uh, you said five minutes, not two. <laughs> Fifteen. So, uh, what's next for Luke? What's next, then? So. You've seen the shirt. I've seen the shirt. Luna's good. I've seen this shirt. Um, this is Black Boy Rise. Um, sponsorship by Peralta. Sponsorship by Peralta. You also do life coach. Yeah, also. yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I've done that right now. I'm still doing it, like, personally. Right? Um, like, the life coaching. Yeah. It's a trend. Right? A lot of people want to be life coaches. Um, and I take that thing serious. You know, I don't, I don't want to have anyone feel that, like, I'm the expert on their life. Yeah. Right? Um, so... F- so for me, I've just been doing that like here and there, right? Um, is it something that I want to see grow? Yeah, sure, right? So can I give you a scenario though, right now? So say, let's talk to... Okay. What kind of scenario? Okay. For a life coach, oh, okay. someone, a little okay. advice. So let's say it's someone, let's go with uh, someone who lost their job recently uh-huh. and someone who's been like... Uh, uh, let's say they broke up with a significant other. At the those, same time, those are two scenarios. No, I mean we could do it at the same time. We could do it. Those are two. We big, could do it at the same time. Those yeah. are two pretty like pretty big dramatic. That's true. Yeah, those yeah. are two like. So what advice? Would devastating you scenario. First, give that person advice. Reach out. <laughs> so, advice. All right. So so the coaching the coaching that I do is called catalytic coaching, Ooh. right? Um, do you know what a catalyst is? Do you know what a catalyst is? Do you know what a catalyst is? Don't give all your secrets. Don't give all your secrets. Don't give all your secrets. All right, cool, right? So there's a reason why you called me. Okay. Right? And so I want to get to that reason. And not like, oh, Lewis, I heard you. Like, what is it that you want? You're my boy, man. You no, no, no. You know me better than anybody else. Beyond that, right? Okay. And I think that sometimes those relationships are barriers. So that's why I'm very careful, like, what kind of coaching I'm doing. Like, what is it that you want? Like, what is the life that you want to create, right? And what kind of support do you need? What kind of accountability do you need, right? And then we take it from there, right? Okay. Is, it, is, it, is it maybe that, like, there's a reason why you don't have that job and you don't have that partner, right? Is there something on the other side of, like, fear 
on the other side of awareness, on the other side of like you taking a leap of faith, that there in that on that side uh, exists the life that you actually want to live. Mm. Really? So it's kind of like, all right, what is it? What is it that you actually want, right? Because I'm not coming. I'm not gonna come in here and be like, this is what you. This is the type of life you need to lead. What is it that you want? And then from there, okay, what do you think is you're gonna need to get to that point? And from there, we do the coaching. So I have one more. What about the guy that feels like nothing's going his way and he's the bad luck guy? Yeah. I, I, you know what I would ask him? Okay. Why? Why does he think that that happened to him? What if he's like, I don't know, just tell me. Wait, are we doing like life coach right now? I think yeah, that's I, I feel like I feel like he's doing <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just it's trying okay. to. It's Rick, okay. Rick, Rick, Rick what do you want? You. What do you want from your life? <laughs> Can you life coach him right now? I am. What do you want? What do you want from your life? What do you want? No, I understand I, what you're saying. I, I, I got to, first of all, uh, through some know? advice that I've gotten from Craze and Luke, uh, I've gotten to a point where I am very happy and comfortable. I Like, I hey, know Richard, who I am. You got I a whole am. podcast up in here. I know who I am. That's and what you said? I want people to get to that point <laughs> in their life. I want them to understand, love, and understand, and know who they are. Because no matter what happens, you need to still be happy with yourself. Real because shit. if you are not happy with who you are, then there's always going to be some issue. Well, that I, you arises. know, I would off, I would challenge that, right? Because I will offer a different word than happy, and I say because like happiness has become a place where people feel that they like want to like reach and never actually reach and can maintain, right? So what I offer is joy, right? Okay. What I offer is passionate. Mm-hmm. What okay. I offer is powerful. All you right. get me? Because those are things that you could turn on right here, right now. Right, happiness is this thing that a lot of people have designed that they never get to reach. But you can create joy right now. You can create power right now. You feel me? You could create. Preach. You could create. <laughs> I, was, I was caught up in the moment, bro. <laughs> you call me too. You, you get me? me you right, you, you can create. Right you can create that right now. now. I'm so, gonna flip so this in a way, in a way, what what I do is I help you and support you in taking responsibility. And I don't mean blame. Right? I don't mean like you're guilty for these things happening. What I mean is like they're yours. Like these are the things that you have right now. Right? Mm. And and what is it that you want to create from this point forward? You feel me? So for those of you who heard, if you want to speak to Lou, his DM works. Lou knows Lou knows good. At Lou knows good, yep. At Lou knows good in Instagram. Lunosgood.com if you want to hire him as a consultant. Equity consulting. Uh, educational consulting, educational workshop consulting. facilitation. If you have an HR department that's really him. racist, if bring you, through. anybody in here, hire <laughs> We have a few people behind the camera. Does anybody have any questions they would like to ask Lou? Questions? Does anybody want to ask Lou any questions? Ask Lou. Ask Lou. They look scared. Like so you know what? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yes, young lady back there. Yes, young lady. Erica so from I... Base Com. Ray, is it Ray? Ray? Yeah, Ray. Shout out Erica Sanchez. Erica Sanchez. Let her talk to you. PR consultant. <laughs> PR consultant. So I was recently told that um, happiness is a choice. So I want to know what you think about that statement and what you... how that relates to your work. Okay. Um, wait, who so, told you that? Very good Somebody question, Somebody told her happiness is a choice. Um, what do you think about that? Bro, actually, know. my mom. Your my mom. mom told me that. Okay. It wasn't her mother, you know, but she doesn't want to say who it was. <laughs> she said her mother. Tell them about. You know, I I think that, that there's I think that there's truth in there, right? Um, 
and I also think that we live in a world that's very much either or, right? Like you always have to like know it, it, you these two realities can exist at the same time, right? I think that seeing happiness is a choice alone um, discounts a lot of circumstances that are beyond your control that affect you in real ways. Get me? And also, I think that saying happiness is a choice allows us to take ownership over how we feel and over how we interact with these circumstances. Mm. You know what I mean? So is that couple of fun? Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good question. That was good. Thank you. Another question from the audience. Anybody else? Some educators, I don't have. We have a lot of educators in here. We have. Well, actually, we have a lot of successful people back here. We have an actor back here. We have, we have a, an actor. We have a uh, army we have veteran in here. We an have underwear an model, a DNI specialist. We have we have a, a, a HR person in here. I'm sure the DNI specialist. We have we have a, we have a lot of DNI diversity in the crew. Uh, we got we have a DJ in here. You guys love acronyms. So we have uh, we have Squillium in here. Squillium. <laughs> Any questions? Any questions? You have a chef. So, we will host a live session for five minutes on Instagram and Facebook. Well, then, you can see this is recorded. Uh, Lou, thank you for coming out. Grace Boogie, welcome Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Luis Carlos de Leon, thank you so much. Grace will be there. Luis Carlos de Leon will be there all the time. Thank you. Thank you all for coming to the audience. I just want to uh, a shout out to the Monkey Room for les- letting us host this event. Next room. week, we'll be here at the same place, same time with Juan Bago, Juan Bago. Yeah! from oh. Latinos Allow the Podcast, <coughs> from the Rick A. Show, Wadsworth Entertainment Group, and Fair the Trees Production. We'll yeah. see you next time. Who knows good? Who knows do good? Do, do good better. There you I'm go. three. Ready? Three, two, one. Do, do good better. better. Wait, one more Wait, time. One. Do, do good better. So I lost all the audio. So Justin, you're gonna have to send me the audio. <laughs> it was the computer. All right, the bring out the hookahs. Let me say something. Bring out the hookah. The weirdest thing happened while we were doing this episode. You seen the matrix signals? It came up on the laptop. I didn't do anything. I think Lou said something. It was the DNA something. thing. It was the DNA. And Bush. It was the DNA was like, thing. Yo, talking too much truth in there. Shut that shit down. It was Ancestry.com, the MTA. They all that <laughs> Everybody was like, yo, fuck this shit. Ancestry.com. Ancestry. 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 Copyright Benny Banks. We need a 